You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1, O-U-T-D-O-O-R, and the number one. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Paul is out and about traveling the world uh andrew is here still sitting in his basement i feel like i don't leave my basement anymore but paul where where are you right now i am in rainbow city alabama headed to chattanooga for a meeting tomorrow uh for work in chattanooga with some with some folks so it's been a it's been a fun fun four days man i've 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 had i've had a a roller coaster of emotions the last couple of days. So well, we'll di- we'll dive into that. Yeah, before we get into that, I just want to um, remind everybody about uh, our giveaway that we've got going on with Go Wild. So if you get on, uh, join Go Wild and follow us, the O2 Podcast, and uh, tag one of your friends in our post. There, we will. I guess we're picking that next week, aren't we? Um, we'll get you all yeah, all next, lined next up. Week's show with a new Go your Wild. Response has been fantastic dude dude like fantastic we we got a lot of new friends that i didn't know we had oh yeah that was great so uh thank you to everybody who's already entered and uh been tagging us and my phone doesn't stop it just keeps going beep 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 so yeah so just to to to, to interrupt real quick i just pulled a tick off of me look at that first tick of the year there you go Tick, Good tick, times. tick, tick, tick. So, yes, we've got our uh, giveaway with Go Wild that all you got to do, those three things, and then we'll pull it next week and uh, then shoot it out to you. Have it all ready for opening weekend on April 23rd for turkey season. That's it, man. But, Coming quick. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Tethered. Our guys over at Tethered, we thank them for uh, partnering with us and helping to um, spread the word on the, the saddle hunting if you got any questions on that, hit me up on that. Like I, I, I've got a year under my belt now in it. I feel very comfortable. It's almost exclusively how I hunted last year, and I thought it was, it was, it was good. So if you got any questions as far as you know, what do you need and how it works or anything like that, I, I'm, I'll do my best to answer your questions. They've got great input there. 
uh, it's definitely something if you're interested in kind of that running gun, even if you're not, uh, you can get out on, on private land where you can set some sticks and move them real quick. Uh, that was one of the things that really got me is that I don't have to have somebody there to help me move a ladder around and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but tetherednation.com. Yo. Yo. Friend of the or did an article for on, on go wild about using the tether platform and like the, 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 the hauler, like the tether rope to skin deer in the field when he's doing remote backpacking hunts. Who was that? Amazing. Parker. Parker, that. Parker yeah, yeah. That's why I thought you yeah. cut, you cut out there for a second, but the, uh, yes, it's multi, it's a multi-purpose thing, right? Super versatile. Dude, that's, that's the rope we used to drag mine out last year was, was my tree yeah, tether. That's, ex- that's exactly right. So yeah, I can't wait to get in them to get in one. So, but let's talk about a little bit what's going around the state, Paul. Um, I want to get to your story. You had a pretty eventful day today. So, um, right now, the only thing that I'm seeing that it's not good news, it's weird news. I feel like every time we turn around, we got a different type of strain of some kind of sickness affecting the world. So we mentioned it whatever a week or so ago about this avian influenza and uh, it's called the highly pathogenic avian influenza, HPAI, uh, that I've got today a release from the Ohio Department of Agriculture, actually came out last week, but that they had found this strain of influenza in some backyard chickens in Franklin County. So now we've seen everything from bald eagles to chickens. Um, I did shoot Mark Wiley an email to ask him uh, what his thoughts were as far as turkeys uh and any other you know birds in ohio i'm i'm, I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere that it, you know it could it could affect the turkeys but we'll get you an official answer from that probably next week we've got a we've got a talk with mark that we'll release with you guys for you guys too um but it is it can be fatal it spreads quick you know <laughs> it doesn't say to quarantine your birds and to uh, stay home from work for um, two months but a lot of the stuff that it, it recommends is, is going to sound kind of familiar. So uh, keeping your visitors to a minimum, washing your hands, uh, you know, prevent contact with wild birds and waterfowl. Keep your birds indoors when possible. <laughs> All right. Listen, man, I'm trying to get as much contact with wild birds as I possibly can right now. Yeah, that, so I will not be following that, that. That sounds like the opposite of what we're trying to do here in a couple of weeks. Right. So, um, yeah. Look. My thing is, if you see something doesn't look right, and I mean, as outdoorsmen and women, we should be watching. We look at animals, right? I, I notice every dead deer on the side of the road. So if you see some sick birds out there, eh, maybe you need to call up the old uh, Division of Wildlife uh, representative in your area. But uh, let's see. Paul. Sure. Okay. On better, happier news, last week we had... Uh, the lottery draws for the state of Ohio and we both Uh-oh. got selected. So you just get a podcast you, and you bitch about oh, not, God. not getting selected. And there you go. <laughs> no, that was, uh, it was funny. I'm sure, I, I'm sure that had absolutely nothing to do with it. Yeah. Good. No, I'm sure. Yeah. And nothing to do with the actual getting drawn. I'm sure the computer has no, no clue, but, um, yeah, it was fun. It was kind of funny. I, I, I'm, ex- 
I'm I'm excited. So I thought it was an April Fool's joke, to be honest with you. I was, I was like, man, I did. Yeah, I did too. Don't 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 tease me. So yeah. yeah, it's a new new area for me that I'll be I'll be hunting, and I will. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the long ass drive to to go hunt these turkeys. So I mean, I just drove twelve hours to hunt turkeys. So what's four hours? Three hours, you know? No so, big deal, buddy. Yeah, I'm excited. Yep. I can't wait. So that was cool. Can't wait. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Let's see. For me personally, uh, still working that honey do list. But the uh, I got my my shotgun sighted in. I was pretty excited about that. I put one of those Viper red dots on there. That was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I say Where'd that. Where'd you get that Viper red dot? Oh, uh, go wild, duh. Like go wild, boom. There you go. But the um, that worked out real well. Did some. Shooting with uh, my wife's cousin, Mr. Vince Brown. So he's one of our listeners, Vince. Hey, Vince. Hey, Vince. Thanks for coming over and kicking my ass in archery tic-tac-toe. Uh, that sounds fun. It actually was. It was. It was. Uh, we came up with that game, and it was fun. But except I kept losing, so that wasn't fun. But nice. There you go. And then I think the highlight was when. I got a text from my wife late in the afternoon. It said, uh, what, what the hell are you doing on the front porch? And uh, then I realized that the little doorbell camera thing had caught me blowing my elk call at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on, or whatever it was on uh, Saturday in April in central Ohio because, you know, why not? It's hilarious. Hilarious. Did you get <laughs> dogs to bark? I don't know, man. I, I just was wailing. Trying my best. It sounded really. It sounded really good. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but we'll uh, maybe maybe someday we'll get to use it. So, so Paul, tell us. There you go. Where what what happened in the woods today, Paul? So I've been in Alabama since Friday morning. Um, the first the first couple of days I was here, I was here for work. I I, I did a donor hunt with the National Wild Turkey Federation. Had some folks come in from Colorado, and we had a good time. Um, no one shot a turkey at this spot that we were hunting. Uh, a, a really nice spot, kind of the central central part of the state. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, a lot of turkeys, just nothing. No one, no one wanted to dance. We had uh, we had one turkey that did want to die down there, and my, and, and and one of the one of the gals from Colorado uh, took a shot. And she was shooting a really uh, a Franke Affinity, which is a really nice gun. She was shooting Apex TSS, which is like twelve dollars a load. And the shell had like a misfire. Never seen anything like it. Like the shell was completely black, and there was unburnt gunpowder all the way through the barrel. So I wasn't there for that, but she—I mean, she took a shot at a turkey from like twenty-five yards. And I guess it just like kind of cracked, like it popped, and then the wad like went out like ten feet and just fell on the ground. So it was really, really, really frustrating for her. That was her. That's that would have been her first turkey. Bogus. So, um, yeah, it is, man. I mean, that's an expensive twelve dollar dud. You know, you fly all the way across the country. You know, an apex. Yeah, I mean, it happens to everyone. But come on, man. I, I felt real bad for her. So. Yeah, I worked. I worked the first three days I was here. Uh, today, I got access to a piece of property, um, private property that the borders of just an 
absolutely massive amount of of public land here in the state and months it was pretty good man it was it was a pretty good day that the the first part first half of my day man i i i heard nothing i mean it was like windy it's kind of cold um so i i hunted from you know 5 a.m until 11 30 and i went and i had lunch and I came back and I decided to hunt like the smaller section of this property that was across the road. So I, I park, I walk up this ridge and I've got this box call that I'll use as like a locator. So I'm on, I get to like the highest part and I just want to see who's out there. And so I, I hit this box call. I cut really loud, like three times and immediately a Tom gobbles like 40 yards, 50 yards down to my left. And as soon as he gobbles, like like a split second after he gobbles, he starts to putt. And I turn and I look, and this gobbler is like, he is booking. I mean, I didn't know he was there. He didn't know that I was there until I called to locate him. Found him way closer than I thought. So I I kind of do this like, like a J-hook. I go, I go maybe... I don't know, 150 yards back away from the from the turkey. And I do this massive hook to kind of intercept this this bird, you know, out of the area where he just saw me, you know, and just kind of so that he's calm at that point. It's a it's a new sound. Was he by himself? Into him. He was by himself, just one single time. Um so he, he gobbled pretty hard, and so this the section that I was that I was hunting was pretty narrow. This you know, maybe like a hundred acres, but it was it was kind of long and narrow um, before it it hit the hit the road that leads to the other side of the property. So I'm calling this turkey, and he's gobbling, and he's working in and working out, working in, working out. So I move kind of. And I do like a little mini hook and go around the side of this ridge to where he's at. And I, and I, I can see him. He's like 40 yards off the road. He's in this beautiful, like little flat area. There's like this little tiny stream and like down here in Alabama, there's like, and, and, and I, for our listeners that haven't hunted Alabama, this place is unbelievable. It's beautiful. So there's like all these like white pines and then there's grass and like this little brush you know, area, and he is just gobbling like a maniac, and he's just like full strides, just going back and forth, and so he's not he's not coming off this the spot, and where I had set up, you know, I'd never been here before. Where I'd set up, there's like a like a sheer like rock face that was like 75, 80 feet tall. No way he's coming over the the road and then coming up this face. Not going to happen. So I do my at this point my third j hook i go i i, I dropped a pin on this bird on on x i go i i, I took i took the the line tool i was 260 yards from this turkey i j hook into the woods i get on the other side of the road i get on his level and i just like real slow like i i work in i'm using the terrain to kind of like block myself every once in a while i would call it real soft just to like to let him know that I'm coming and he would gobble. So I got as like as close as I like comfortably could without spooking him. 
I can see this turkey. I mean, he's within, like, we're within 80 yards of each other. And there's a ton of, like, just thick brush and fallen trees. Um, and, dude, I am, like, I'm not, I'm not 40 yards off the road. And a couple cars had driven by, like, throughout this whole process. And this whole process took, like, three and a half hours from from the time that I scared him on the ridge until the time that, that what happened was, like, three and a half hours, three 345 max. So I get, I'm, I'm like 80 yards. He's slowly working in. He's like, he's just strutting. And so he, he, he closes the gap from hundred to 80, 80 to 70. And what seemed like forever. I mean, he, he wasn't moving quick and months. Like my worst nightmare came true right in front of my eyes. I hear, I hear a car, I hear a truck coming down the gravel road. And this bird is like so visible. He's in full strut. This guy driving sees this turkey and he stops. And he's so close. Like, I'm so close to this guy. I could hear him roll his window down. And like this turkey, oh, like, dude drops his feathers and just books in like deep into the woods. And it was like, I, 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 I couldn't even be mad at the guy because I've literally done the same thing. I've been driving down the road, private property. I'm a public land schmuck. I see this turkey in full strut. I'm like, oh my God, it's the first turkey I've seen all day. And I stop and I roll down the window to try to get a picture. Like I've, I've literally been this guy. And so if I've ruined your hunt, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll just call this karma. And dude, I just, I just sat there. I mean, it, I was like, I was like sick to my stomach. And I just watched this turkey run off to my right. I watched this jackass drive down the road, and I just sit there. And I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do now? So I do what? my Like, at this point, like, my fourth J-hook, I go, I go hundreds of yards out of my way. I do this massive hook. I go up to the high point of this ridge where I think that I can find this turkey. I do the same thing, box call, cut three times, boom, it gobbles. I set up. Cause he's, you know, he's 120 yards. I don't even know at this point, never shows up. I sit there for another hour and a half, two hours. And he just worked his way out of my life. So, so and you know what I, as, as people are like thinking about this and whatever, Paul sent me the pin that he, where he was at today. This is not flat Ohio ground. Okay. No, uh, no this there, is like, I am in the mountains. There is more lines on that map from the topography change than uh, <laughs> anywhere I've been in a long time. So, uh, I was, it was crazy. It was crazy. So, yeah, it was, it was nuts, man. It, it was a beautiful part of the country. Um, but I'm glad, you know, it's, it's funny. So what's that? I was gonna say, I'm glad you got to see something like at first this morning, you said yeah. it was, it was windy and it was hard to hear and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, of course, when we hunt, it's best thing is to take something home, but you know what, when you get out there, even if, when it's in the deer woods, if you see something that to me, that's like, that's step one. You got to see him first. So, yeah. no, that's right. And you know, it's funny, like, is, is, is hunters, like, especially turkey hunters, because there's a lot, like, I've moved on this turkey like four times. And every time you move, it's like risk or reward, you know? So you could, you could bump that turkey and your day's over, or you could move a little bit and entice that turkey to, to come in because it adds realism. You know, you change the game on them. And, I did everything right. And so I was, I was happy about that because this, I mean, this turkey, like 
he did not want to die, but he was there, you know, and I did everything right. And some other guy blew it for me. And, and, you know, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not mad at that guy, man. I hope he, I hope he has a great turkey season because I've, I've done that same thing, but man, it was just, it was gut wrenching. And, and, you know, I was like, I was super frustrated at one point. I was kind of, you know, I was, I was making my way back to the truck and college to see if I could strike anything up. And, you know, so I, I'm in this like really beautiful part of this, of the, of the, of this forest. And then, you know, I sit down, man, I'm just, I'm like reflecting on, you know, one, the last couple of days, the people that I've met. And, and I feel like when you're, when you're in Turkey camp or deer camp and you meet new people, there's like a special relationship that's forged during those times with people that you don't even know, but you, you, like you, you, there's something about hunting camp, whatever animal it is that just can galvanize a new relationship for, for years. I love that, man. The people that I met from, from Alabama this week were just unbelievable from Colorado, unbelievable people. And, you know, it's a beautiful territory. I've never been down here. It's the foreign land to me. And, and I was just taking all the scenery in and I was reflecting on, you know, what had just happened. And, and, you know, I was, I was thinking to myself, like how fortunate I am just to be here in these woods at this moment and hunting this awesome animal. And I'm having like this really like intense, like personal moment. Right. Good. And so there's this white pine, like 10 feet next to me, less than 10 feet. And I look over and there is like a 400 foot snake crawling up the side of this pine tree. Yeah, you, like, you can have that. <laughs> yeah, you can have Alabama. I froze up. I'm looking at this snake. And I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know what to do. So my gun, I had set my gun, and it was like maybe like like arm's length out from my body. And so I had to like gather the current. And I'm staring at the snake like I could not move, man. So I reach over. I grab my shotgun. I'm moving like super slow because I don't, I, you know, in my mind, the snake, is going to jump off of this tree and kill me. So I grab, I grab my shotgun and I am like, I am petrified. And so I'm sitting on my butt and months I like, I, I gather all the, I can pull my knees up real close to my chest and I get all the energy I can. And I spring up like a gazelle off of this floor and I start running as fast as I can. That's amazing. And so there's like this, there's like this little, like the same creek, the gobbler was on like, it's like surrounded by grass and it's mushy and I'm running towards this creek. I'm like, Oh my God, this is like snaky right here. And so everything looks like a snake, right? As I'm running, I go through the water and I step on this stick and this stick jumps up and hits me in the knee. And I let out like this, like I puked my soul out in the forest of Alabama. And I was just like, and I had to stop and close my eyes and tell myself, you're not going to die. You're going to get through this. You're going to be okay. You can, you're, you're a hundred yards from the road. Just calm down, big fella. You're going to be okay. Paul, so, the, that's how my hunt went today. The roller coaster of emotions that you just explained. I mean, we went from about, you know, crying in the, in the, the idea of the luck and the beauty of being out in the woods to, uh, the stick that jumped up and bit you in the ass. So, <laughs> uh, that was my, that was my opening, opening day of Turkey season 2022, uh, man. So I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for, you know, killing that thing would have been cool, but man, eventful what a a place what a day eventful so well uh we wish you safe travels back but in the meantime um let's see what do we who do we we talk to this week uh josh carney josh carney yes okay this so we've had some episodes here that with a little bit more um 
I don't want to say serious, but like uh, in-depth discussions on, on, you know, the history of the turkey and health and wellness and, you know, the, the turkey population in Ohio and stuff. This one's a little bit more funny. All right. So this is uh, yeah. Josh. You guys will we'll talk about it in the, in the whole episode, but Josh had uh, an accident earlier in his life that uh, now he's basically picked up what the ability to call animals with his voice, with his vocal cords. Yeah. And he'll talk a little bit yeah, about he, that. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he talks about the accident. I, I, I found out about Josh Carney years ago on, I think it was like, you know, Facebook or Instagram or something like that. And I, you know, I'm not going to ruin it for those that, that haven't heard. Cause he, he tells the story better, but you know, he had this accident. It was a hunting accident, uh, lost the use of his legs. And, yeah, so, so he tells this, he's told the story a thousand times and, but he's, he's a really interesting dude. I wanted to like, you know, we wanted to focus on other things because the guy's just super interesting. He's great at what he does. He's, he's a lot of fun. He's a great person. He's going to, he's just got a great attitude. So, you know, we, our episodes, we, we learn a little bit about the animals. You learn a little bit about the process. And sometimes we learn a little bit about the person. And this was kind of all three. And I think that this this is one of the most fun interviews I think that we've done. I had a blast with this guy. And the, and we the also learn about hot, we learn about how Paul cannot use a mouth call. Oh yeah, I, I if you if if the sound of someone else gagging makes uh, you gag, uh, just just turn just turn the volume down. This was <laughs> this one was fun because it was uh, we had that conversation. I went up to bed and my wife's like. What were you laughing about? What was so funny? I'm like, <laughs> I can't even explain it. Like, you just gotta listen to it. Yeah. Oh man, like the animal sounds that Josh can make are they're unbelievable. So good. So I've been practicing my 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 goose call. I'm not gonna do it because it'll it'll fuzz out. What? Yeah. What was but, it? How does he? So B B B A A A R R high on the K. So bark. I'm sitting in the scissor parking lot, whatever the hell this place is, and there's a bunch of employees out here. I should roll my windows down. Start, a little start barking at them. Right. These, <laughs> these Alabama girls might get all worked up if I do that. So. <laughs> oh, oh man, I can't wait to be home. All right. Well, wow. no further ado. Good we stuff. will get to Josh Carney. Uh, appreciate everybody listening and interacting with us on the social media and stuff again check out that go wild post we'll get uh get your friends tagged in there man we've had some awesome reviews put up on on uh some of the podcast platforms so really appreciate that uh the o2podcast.com you guys are fantastic oh my gosh thank you thank you thank you so we'll keep doing what we're doing and uh i hope you enjoy it so everybody have a great week and we'll talk to you soon guys see ya <laughs> i almost shaved it all the way off oh my god look at that it looks so bad on camera i look like a fat child if i shave my head or if i shave my face so fat child <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> great like a 300 pound seventh grader is what i look like so that is an image <laughs> <laughs> 
I just that's how I want the the show to start. Okay, so I hit the record button. Yeah. We got all that, so we can just start. Oh, did right you there. really? Yeah. Okay, so we're we're here with Josh Carney, son of the son of the South. Josh, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate you coming on. Man, I appreciate. It. I still am stuck on the fact that you look like a seven year old child when you shave <laughs> yep. shaving my beard. Yeah. So so get let's uh, let's give our listeners just a little rundown, man, of of of, of who you are. Where'd you grow up? Let's start with that. Where'd you grow up? I want to know that. I grew up South Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, Majority of my life, well, I spent most of my life in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, Grew up here hunting and fishing. I was, you know, trained at a young age, had to jump into a briar patch and go kick up rabbits because, you know, we didn't have a good jump dog back then. So um, my dad idea was to throw the little kid in bushes and, you know, let him scream and holler as the briars cut through his pants and, jump up a rabbit so that's that's my upbringing i've done this i did the same thing to my son when he was young he was the why bird dog it, why is it, he was the rabbit dog so is that, is that, a, is that like a dad thing it it must be i don't i don't know i i didn't grow up in the hunting family so you know my son would just walk and complain about like well you know i don't have a gun well you know you you can't shoot a rabbit yet like you just can't do it and We'll go go get the briar patch. Go kick some bushes. Go, you see that bush over there? Go kick it. He'd kick it, and like the rabbit would run. I mean, it, was, it just worked out well. So it's definitely a dad thing for sure. So <laughs> I still I still remember the first the first time that I killed an animal around my son. He was probably six years old, and we were we were um, we were dove hunting, and I kill a dove, and this dove like flops to the ground. And it's still alive. Like I just, you know, wing shot it or whatever. And I walk up and you probably dove, honey. I just popped its head off and I throw, <laughs> I throw the head on the ground. I throw the dove in my back, you know, my pack didn't even think about it. And my son is standing right there and he's like, dad, that dove looked at me. It pulled its head <laughs> off. and He lost it, man. Waterworks <laughs> hunt was over. We had to go back. So yeah, you were probably a better bird dog than my son was. <laughs> That's funny, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so grew up so grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You Tiger fan? Man, I don't do sports. I uh, okay. I, I tell people I hunt too much. I'm always in the woods, so I don't I don't really do sports. Uh, I played sports growing up. I was a uh, pitcher for my uh, high school baseball team and uh, okay. point guard basketball team. So I grew up playing sports, but I just never gotten to watching. Like if I'm not into action, it just doesn't interest me. Yeah, no, I get that. So. So when you, you were growing up, grew up in a hunting family, what'd you grow up hunting, man? What was like your number one animal? Oh, I started out small game hunting. I mean, uh, rabbits was, you know, what I started out on. Uh, rabbit hunting was, you know, the king of the crop for us. And then um, later down the road, we uh, discovered squirrel dogs. And this is, I guess, when squirrel dogs really just kind of started getting popular is when we started doing it. And um, I had a... Um, uh, what was it? It was a um, a feist. Uh, feist was my first squirrel dog, and then you know we'd let her out. She go run and treat a bunch of squirrels. We go shoot them out, and you know that's you know. So we'd rabbit hunt in the morning, go squirrel hunt in the afternoon, and then uh, from there, I grew up. I mean, I grew up doing that for a while, and uh, at the age of eleven, I wanted to go deer hunting. I've seen people go deer hunting all the time. I was like, you know, let's try it. So um, I went out to a family friend's place and. Uh, sat in a deer stand by myself and this deer walked right up under the tripod stand and uh, I was shaking like a leaf and I finally got everything together and finally was able to shoot the deer and you know it runs right up under me and you know, go find it and you know I got Christian into the deer hunting world you know I got a 
you know, yeah. they, they teach you the trick. It's like, oh, hey, let me show you where you hit it at. Then they take you a handful of blood, smear it on your face and all that good stuff. So I got uh, I got brought into the world of deer hunting real quick and unexpectedly. So was it a, was it a buck or a doe, your first deer? It was a, it was a buck. It was a, um, actually, it was a button buck. Okay. I thought about a doe. And um, when I went up to it, the guy was like, it, it's a buck. It's got a pair of testicles up underneath it. I was like, no way. <laughs> A little button buck. <laughs> there, there you go, man. So, small game. Did you guys do any fishing or anything? I, I did fish growing up. Um, bass, a little, little bit of bass fishing. I'm not. For me, when it comes to bass fishing, there's a lot of there's a lot of technique involved. And I just don't understand it. You know, I don't understand how to change the colors for the the color of the bait for the different color of the water temperature. I don't understand all this stuff. So I just stuck to putting a worm on a hook and whatever bit it, bit it. Yeah. Works for me, man. I, I, I like stained water and all that. I don't, I, I can't figure all that out. So, um, so deer hunting, got you, got your first deer at 11, man. That's, that's pretty exciting. Now, did you, did you grow up turkey hunting or is that something you got into uh, a little older? <laughs> no. So <laughs> that's the funny part about turkey hunting for, for me, so I deer hunted and then said, kill my first deer at 11. Two years later, I was, you know, looking into what else can I hunt. Because I was always in outdoors. Like when, you know, my dad would work at a cabinet shop, like I would go out and back and go hunting uh, for whatever I could, you know, hunt. And I discovered turkey hunting and I just fell in love with studying it and, you know, learning about it. And I seen people on TV, you know, making these calls and these birds coming and all this stuff. And so, you know, that's easy. I can do that. Anybody, you can rub two sticks together, birds come running in. So, I, actually, on my first turkey hunt, um, <laughs> my first turkey hunt ever, uh, we we go to church that Sunday morning, and we go turkey hunting after church. Uh, me and my dad, and we set up and. Uh, my dad, my dad shot me. You know, my first turkey hunt ever. My dad that was shot the, me. That was in the the first one. Yeah, yeah. Oh that's how I got broke. So I got broken into turkey hunting, and now it's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> Good. So, so it's, uh, it, it's basically a love hate relationship at this point. No, no, I can, I can, I can imagine, man. I um, that's you know, I, I've I've seen you on actually the first. I think the first time I saw you, you were you were at ATA. Uh making turkey sounds and elk eagles and i'm like that's that's josh carney i knew who that is i'd seen i'd seen you like online over the year over the years doing doing the turkey calls so was that uh so talk about that skill man how that was how you developed that so i i, I heard i heard that story on another podcast and i i think it's cool man it's it's a, it's a cool story so funny thing about that so um for the people that are listening that don't know the skill so i make animal sounds with my natural voice um, how that came about was, um, when I, after I got shot, I was in a hospital and I had a breathing tube in my throat and the doctor said, I'd never be able to talk again. When he told me that it frustrated me and I was like, you know, that's, you know, you're wrong. So I, <laughs> I pulled a breathing tube out of my throat and it altered my vocal cords. Now, when I got shot, I was 13. So like I was in that puberty phase where I was about to hit puberty, but just had fully hit it yet. So my voice wasn't deep. It didn't really like my vocal cords weren't mature or whatever to hit those, you know, deeper tones. And when I did that, the um, breathing tube altered my vocal cords when I pulled it out. So later on in life, I discovered that I could mimic certain sounds. 
and I went to a, um, a trade show, an expo, and this guy was trying to sell me a turkey call, and I was like, man, I don't, I don't want to buy a turkey call. Like, I, I got bad history with turkey calls. Like, I just don't want to buy one. So uh, he was like, well, what kind do you use? I was like, man, I, and honestly, I was I was young. I was thinking I was like 20 years old, something like that. And I was just, I was, I was a little bit cocky at 20 years old, just a little bit. Yeah, I was confidently cocky, if that makes sense. And the guy was like, well, what kind of call do you use? Like, man, I, I could do that in my mouth. Like, it's, it's simple. I can do it in my mouth. And he's like, let's hear it. And like, now I'm like, okay, like now I called out the spot. I got to do it. Yeah. So I started doing it. And uh, the guy, the owner of the company turned around. I was like, is that our call? He's like, no, that's that kid. And they ran me away from the booth. I was like, oh. <laughs> so, so, so you had never, you had never done that a turkey yelp before so you no. know, obviously you had heard them you're like you know what the hell i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna try this and it actually yeah. worked like it sounded like yeah. a turkey yelp yep <laughs> let's just just real quick give us a yelp and then we'll let's dive into some more later so let's go let's uh a little no no mouth call no mouth call That's awesome. Oh, I, our, our listeners can't see this, but he's like, he's got the beat going and he's grooving as he's going. That, that makes me, I mean, that, that is, that oh is music. Gosh, that's so good. Music. That's, gotta, that's gotta, so good. You got to put a little rhythm in it. You know, when, when that old hand, like when she's walked through the field, like her oh, hand yeah. and, and you know, that old long beard, when he Heads. gobbles, he throws that neck out. Oh yeah. Heads going back and forth a hundred mile an hour. So when I, li- when I listen so, to you guys that are experts do this, you know, you're supposed to be listening to the sounds, but I'm watching you. We had Scott Ellis on last time or a couple weeks ago and he's sitting there and he's doing this like, Hey girl, Hey, Hey, what's up type of thing or, or whatever. Yeah. Hey big boy. Like it's almost like he's doing this head nod with it, you know? Uh, and the way you're, you know, you're grooving, I'm going to be sitting out there in the woods this spring and I'm just gonna be doing all this moving when I'm supposed to policy be like, quit moving, quit moving. <laughs> So you're in this expo, you do this Yelp, you're like, oh, damn, that actually sounded pretty good. Or you like, I can't wait to turkey hunt. I'm, I'm doing it. Like, let's, let's go spring. Absolutely not. Because you got to understand, like, I had just, like, experienced that I got shot turkey hunt. So, like, I okay. wasn't, like, in the mood to go turkey hunting again. Sure. Um, I went around the expo and, uh, you know, another company who had some calls and I was just kind of, like, beatboxing around, like, the little expo show, like, doing a little turkey calls. Somebody stopped me. It's like, that's pretty good. What else can you do? I don't know. I just learned that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so people are like, well, like, here's a, here's a goose call. Like, can you do a goose? I was like, I don't know. I'll try it though. So he started like blowing these, these calls. And like, I was trying to mimic these calls. Like I had no idea what I was doing or how to do it. So it kind of frustrated me that I really couldn't do it. And, you know, I didn't have anything else to do with my time. So I went back home and started listening to animal sounds and I figured out how to, break a sound and a sound down into words and then put that back into a sound through my vocal cords if that okay. makes any sense. it it so, does so like like yelp i i would assume it's just like yelp yelp I mean, that's yeah mm-hmm. so for instance like the guy was trying to teach me how to do a goose call um the way i learned how to do a goose call you know it's it's you know everybody's like it's it's honk well for me i don't say honk i say bark and then <laughs> It's a weird way to explain it. So I say it's a capital B, which puts a little bit of that, that, that bruh in the front of it. And then I'll say like, it's, it's A, 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 R, 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 and then a high pitch K. 
a capital K, high pitch K. So he goes, bark. So it goes, <laughs> it, it stands all the way out. You know, you yeah. get that, you, you get the bass in the front with the B, and then you go high pitch at the end with the K. But everything else in the middle is like a is like a, a, a dull tone. Bark, 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 bark. So I ha- I I have to. I have to ask, I, I love Turkey calling and I can pull my wife from like the other side of the house in a matter of seconds. If I hit a Turkey call and she'll come flying and stop it right now, <laughs> put that Turkey call down. You're not doing that. Like I, I will murder you if you hit that. I'm just like, wah, wah, wah. like, you know, just run away as fast as I can. Like, are, are you married? Do you have a girlfriend? Like, because I, I had to imagine, like, if I had this power that you have, I would stand in front of the mirror for hours and just be like, okay, do a giraffe. And I'm going to figure out what the hell a giraffe sounds like. Then I'm going to do it. I would be divorced if I had that power. Like, there's no way any woman, you had to be living by yourself, right? Like, there's no way you had a, you had a girlfriend or a wife at the time because no woman on the face of the planet is going to deal with that practice session. Wow, man, I, I never realized why I was single until you just mentioned that. <laughs> That's it, because, yeah. Someone's be like, hey, Josh, can you do a gazelle? And you're like, I don't know, let me practice for a couple of weeks. And you're going to be at home making gazelle noises, then divorce, like your wife's gone. Like, just pack your so, shit and leave, so. So what you're saying is for every time that a girl has ever said, it's not you, it's me, it was actually me. A hundred percent, right? <laughs> that makes me feel really good about myself. Thank you, Paul. And this interview <laughs> no, is now over. Not. It's the animal calls. She's like, she's like, you know, you know what really pushed me over the edge, Josh, is the speckled belly goose call you've been practicing for six months. That's it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I uh, the funny. So that there's a there's a funny part about that. So I uh, I so I live in Nashville. Nashville is like my uh, palace. I love Nashville so much. Great okay. place, in my opinion. And I have a lot of friends that are musicians, so we go out and. You know, we go places all the time, listen to music. And um, this guy, you know, he's a, he's a friend of mine. He's every time we go out, like his line to pick up girls or like to try and get attention from girls is like saying, hey, that guy right there, he can do animal sound. <laughs> and like, dude, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm like four Budweiser's in. Like, I don't want to make animal sounds in the middle of a concert. Like, no. Do you do do you, what's ahead. your drunk? What's your go-to for Budweiser's deep animal sound? Like, what one can you do? Kind of buzz. Like, it's got to be one, right? Because you get, you got to do it. Like, some pretty girl comes up and is like, "Oh, bugle like an elk." You're gonna do it, right? No, like when I'm <laughs> like, like when I get to six Budweisers in, like the only decent call that I can make six Budweisers in is a call to my ex. Like, that's the decentest. <laughs> call I can make six in. <laughs> oh, I hate you. <laughs> how bad could you mess with her though it's like you left the messages on her on her voicemail of just random animal sounds that would just i think that would be hilarious i think that i would wake up to a really bad text the next morning mm, that's oh god you just would you just yeah. send back the emojis of the animal though that's what i would do See, like, I, I feel like it, i feel like you would be the person to help me stir the pot and get me in more trouble like, yeah. I feel like you're the instigator in the situation. Oh, I have oh, I have yeah. a nickname in our house, and it's uh, I, man, I don't know if I could say it on here. Basically, that's what I am. I'm the shit stirrer in my house. So yes, <laughs> you're right. Shit <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Nope i've I've been known to be that. I've been known to be that all my life, actually. So, oh, I love it. We're we're partying so next you... time down Nashville, and we'll shit stir. Oh, for sure. For oh, sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
So when, when did you get comfortable about, about going back into the woods? I mean, you had dude, this tragic accident changed your life dramatically. Like, when did you get comfortable? Like, you know what? I'm good, man. I can go back into the woods. Oh, two weeks after I got out of the hospital. <laughs> yep. So, so let me backtrack. So I went, so got shot, drove to the hospital. Um, and I died on the operating table twice. Okay. I did recovery, I think three months of recovery. And like two weeks after I get out of the hospital, I'm like, all right, cool. I want to go back hunting. Like, <laughs> let's go. And like, my mom wanted to kill me for the third time. Like, she's like, you're out of your mind. I was like, yeah, pretty sure one of those bullets hit something in my brain, knocked something off. I want to go back hunting. So uh, we went, we went coon hunting. And then from there, I um, went and I did a couple, some dove hunts and, you know, some other um, small game hunts and things like that. And, um, just kind of got back into it. And, uh, one day I kind of built the courage up to go turkey hunting again. And one of the guys that I actually met, um, uh, through squirrel hunting, um, fell in down here in Louisiana, Leon Stilly, uh, took me on my first turkey hunt after the accident. And we, uh, I killed my first turkey with him. And, uh, nice. I told me messed up. I, I still, to this day, I told me messed up, man. I don't know why you did it because you trained a turkey killer. Now all I want to do is kill birds. I mean, like that is, that is my mission in life. Like once, once I killed that first, I was like, okay, like I could, I could do this. And then like next year I, I killed three and then next year I start killing more. Like I'm about to be a real problem for the turkey population. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that first, that first trip with, with Leon after uh, that you go out, like, did you call that turkey in? No, I actually didn't. Uh, Leon called the bird in. Um, man, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like when I first got started calling and stuff like that, like I was not confident in my calls. Like, I mean, like I would still carry a call around and stuff like that. Like I just wasn't confident enough in my, in my calling ability. I mean, I thought that that was decent, but you know, I didn't know that I was uh, able to call in a turkey and all that good stuff. And, you know, fast four years now, I mean, if a bird's in the field and he can hear me, I can kill him basically. What, um, what do you think like your, your, your go-to call is for, for turkey hunting? Is it just the yelp? Is it the gobble? Is it purring, clucking, cutting? What's, what's kind of your, like, what is your best call that you do for, for turkey hunting? It all depends on the situation and all the bird here. Um, you know, when it, when it comes to turkeys, it's all about what that bird wants to hear. You know, sometimes in the early in the morning, I'll give them a little, you know, little yelp and you know when they're on a, when they're still on the roost i'll give them a little yelp just to know that let them know that i'm there and you know sometimes it's all it needs you know you get those those 645 pitch downs and it hunts over at 650 you know um sometimes you got to get a little aggressive and you know do exciting yelp or you know some key keys or something like that just to get that bird excited to come over and um sometimes you just got to work the hand so like i said every situation is different um, it just, you know, it just depends on what the bird wants to hear. So, you know, some birds, some birds, like I've killed, I've actually killed some birds on gobbling alone, you know, but they feel like there's a, another bird in the area that, you know, feel like I just, I'll gobble to them and, you know, he'll come short their stuff trying to be the dominant bird and they'll get them killed. That's it. That's it. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you've said that because I've had this theory for years that like is spring turkey hunters, like it's just like a massive majority. It's just yelp, 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 yelp. That's it. You know, or it's the sounds of the hen. I feel like that gobbling 
there there's like a real like it can be super effective like you said it's certain times and like nobody uses it you know it's just nobody gobbles I, i've i've done it a few times never with any success but that's um you know i'm a shitty turkey hunter i guess <laughs> or i can't gobble i use these stupid things so this these gobble, oh, gobble these, yeah the 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 gobble tube i have and, and i've talked about it on the show quite a few times but i can't use a mouth call to save my life man like i, I buy one every year because i'm like okay this is the year that i'm gonna do it josh i have the worst the worst gag reflex on the face of the planet like my my gag reflex is so bad like i start putting this thing in my mouth and about here my body's like <laughs> and it just it just starts man so i kind of i, I kind of want to hear it though i kind of want to see what you got right there we'll do it we'll do it at the end of the the end of the show because no, i won't no, be able to no, talk no, no. like you gotta let everybody hear like let's, let's okay let's well do it. Let's you know do what it. screw it we'll do it we'll do it now yeah. i put months on the spot with with scott ellis so um i cannot i cannot work these things oh god i'm gonna gaggle <laughs> over this freaking desk you bastard you're gonna this is awesome uh, i wish this god. was being recorded I, on video <laughs> uh I'm a cute podcast is supposed to be fun, right? This is, this is what the audience. <laughs> oh my god, dude, my eyes are watering. Wow, I'm gonna do it again as soon as that thing starts humming, man. I, I just uh, <laughs> I can't even do it. I touched my tongue, and I'm like, I'm gonna throw up on this desk. Why don't <laughs> I can't do it? Oh, my, why, I, I'm, why, I'm crying. I'm literally crying right now. Why do you try to put it like at the surface of your mouth and then like put your place your tongue underneath it? So like what? Like right here? Yeah, like like take you like put it. Yeah, put put it in top of your mouth. There you go. Okay. Now put now place your tongue underneath it. Oh god, I can't do it, man. <laughs> I just started thinking about it. My tongue touches it. No, I can't do it. I'm gonna try that though. I've never, I've never just put it at the top, like the roof of my mouth first. So. I'm a Man. miserable. No, I, I I gave up. I gave up like trying the mouth call. Like <laughs> your eyes ago. are watering. Oh That's yeah, great. and uh, don't cry. Dude, my eyes are watering. Like you know, like when you get that bubble gut, like you know you're gonna throw up. Like it's it's happening. That's what I got in my stomach right now. So I I hope you two are happy. I hope it was. No, we are we are <laughs> satisfied. That was the greatest thing ever. Oh, oh god. Great. So there we go. Yeah. So I so I gave it. I gave that up, man. And I I I, I went to box calls and pot pegs, and I've been on a, a trumpet kick for the last couple of years. But um, Josh, are there so are there any calls that you will use that aren't your voice? Yeah. No, I play around with calls. I mean, like a. Uh, funny thing i'm i'm actually in the in the mindset of trying to um develop a line of diaphragm and turkey calls just for the fact that you know a lot of people I mean there's some people that can use their voice to do turkey hunts but they can't you know buy uh they can't buy my vocal cords so um i've been you know running a few diaphragm calls and things like that just trying to you know add a little bit more to you know my company what i do um so if i have my own call line it's you know you know people appreciate things like that so um they can't have my vocal cords but they can have something that i help develop to be as close as possible to what i sound like in a few. what's uh you talk like so what what all are are you into man like you've got i mean you've you've definitely built built a brand for yourselves so you, you want to do turkey calls what else are you doing man i'm in every, i mean i'm into everything except for mon- money laundering like i, I want to keep it legal you know, so anything I can dip my hand into that, you know, is successful in the outdoor world, I kind of want to play a part in it in some way. 
Um, but as far as right now, like I said, I, I would want to release a, a call on it. Just have to find the right um, manufacturer to do that and, you know, get the right price and the wholesales, just business side yeah. of stuff. No, for um, sure. You know, I, I do have the store to merch and stuff like that. Um, the sign of South Gear. And um, <laughs> right now we're getting ready to ramp up to get a, a TV show launched here in July on Pursuit Channel. And um, from there, just a little more lifestyle con- lifestyle content and being more personal with the audience and things like that. So there's a lot of stuff that I have. Um, there's a lot of irons in the fire. And um, <laughs> it's just, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. You know, a lot of people don't understand what it takes to, you know, what people go through to have, you know, TV shows, be outdoor personalities, things like that. So um, you're hearing it from me. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I... I started hunting in probably like 2008. I didn't, I didn't grow up in, in, in a hunting family and um, turkey hunting was my first, my first uh, experience. And, you know, it's, it's funny, man, because in 2008, it was just outdoor channel pursuit sportsman's net or uh, the sportsman's channel. And so the hunting industry has been around for, I mean, for what decades? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like it started back, you know, early eighties probably with, with cuz and will primos and and some of those guys you know you know filming and so what like 2000 2014 2015 you know youtube starts become popular you start seeing content creators so i mean like when did you enter uh you know the hunting industry like you know like okay i've got one i've got a story to tell i'm super entertaining i'm funny as hell i can make animal noises like when were we like okay i want i this is what i want to do for a living <laughs> oh funny story about that so i uh, i actually did not um seek out to be in the hunting industry um <laughs> kind of luck of the draw i just kind of got picked up and got brought into it um so after that trade show that i made the calls at, I, I posted some videos online because you know i was like one day i was just driving down the road and i posted a video of me doing turkey calls and um, I posted it online for some, like, I didn't want to post it for some reason. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to post it. And it got a lot of traction for what the video was. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then people started like messaging me like, like, what else can you do? And I started doing like this, um, call off with Carney challenge. It's so, like, people would like suggest the call and like, I would have to like post a call within 24 hours or something like that. And, you know, I'd go head to head with someone like doing certain calls. So that kind of got me a little bit of traction. And, um, a friend of mine told me about the ATA show. He was like, hey, like, you need to go to the ATA show. And I, I say, he's a friend of mine now. I didn't know him at the time. And uh, Rob Snyder, he was like, you know, you need to go to the ATA show. And um, I was like, you know, I'll think about it. So um, later on, uh, another person reached out to me, Kirsten Godfrey. She reached out. She's like, are you going to ATA show? I was like, ah, I don't know about it. So anyways, I finally decided to go to ATA show. And as I'm at the show, I'm just there. And I meet up with Kirsten Godfrey and we're going around ATA show. And like, we go through this big area and it's like group of people. And it's uh it's a crowd of people around Jim Shockey. And I'm like, Oh my God, there's Jim Shockey. Like I'm freaking out. First time seeing Jim Shockey. I'm like, Oh my God, it's Jim Shockey. You know, like American hero for me. Um, and Curse is like, do you want to meet him? I was like, no, he's, he's busy. He's got a lot of people around. I'm like, no, he doesn't want to meet him. And uh, she's like, okay, so she goes through this crowd and parts of like Moses' part in the Red Sea. And she's like, Jim, this is Josh. Josh, this is Jim. 
like at this moment, like I'm freaking out so bad. Like I, I have a weird thing about me. It's it's the craziest thing ever. Like when I get excited, certain words come out as a goose honk. I kid you not, certain words come out as a goose honk. <laughs> so <laughs> Jim reaches out his hand to shake my hand, and I go to say hi, and it goes hi. It comes out, <laughs> of, a, it comes out as a goose honk. And he's like, did you just honk at me? I was like, no, listen, um, I got this thing called Tourette's, get goose, like, like honkasitis. I was just trying to make up things at this point, like to not yeah. feel like bad. Cause I just honked at Jim Shockey. I mean, <laughs> here's the bad part about it. Like Jim's from Canada and I did a Canada goose call to Jim. I'm like, gosh, man, like <laughs> you could have figured something better out. <laughs> so uh. he was like, he was like, man, like, that was cool. Like, what else can you do? I was like, man, I don't, I didn't get curses. Like, you know, do this, do that. And like, she's like going through the whole round of animal sounds that I can do. And people are sitting there like, who on earth is blowing animal calls at an archery show? And um, they're like, that's not somebody blowing a call. It's a kid making animal sounds. And um, people just start taking videos and trying to, you know, and post them online from there. So, you know, within the three days of that show, I get back home and like my social media explodes. Um so many videos of me surfacing online just doing these uh calls and you know my social media just completely explodes and um that's kind of that's that's basically how i started my career in outer industry i just kind of locked up and got into it made a couple animal sounds and next thing you know <laughs> i'm making animal sounds all across the country now <laughs> josh how long ago was that ata show that was uh 2014 okay mm-hmm. So you, so what was kind of like the, so, so your, your social media explodes, your star is brightening. Where'd you, where'd you go from there? I wanted to go in a, in a hole and hide. Cause like, that was not me. I was a small town guy from Louisiana and man, people started calling my phone. And like, I had no idea who they were. And I just kind of like, hey, what do I do with my hands? Like, yeah. it's like, you know, you, you go from, you know, knowing 200 people in your town to, you know, 20,000 people discovering who you are all overnight. So, um, you know, <laughs> I just kind of had to learn how to learn that lifestyle. Um, so I started traveling and doing um, speaking events and expo shows and um, seminars. And I would go out and do um, um, guest appearances for outdoor shows and, you know, just everything that I could to just stay afloat and just be in front of you know an audience at that time um and that's just kind of how i grew in the outer industry were you doing like youtube channel stuff like filming hunts or no i wasn't so i um i just did videos on social media facebook instagram i did i did a lot of stuff on there when it um when it started to take off and started to become popular um you know i had a lot of videos and things that were floating around on there and um, I just did a, a lot of guest appearances on other outdoor TV shows. Um, so, you know, before in the first like three years, I was I've done every outdoor, you know, TV network that was on you know television at the time. Um, and then from there, I kind of um, grew and, and did some stuff on uh, reality TV shows. And um, I did two seasons of Swamp People calling alligators for the guys on Swamp People. And then, you know, from there, just kind of led to this path that I'm on now and hosting my own show. Okay. Hang on. You were calling in alligators. I, I used to watch swamp people, but I, it's been a while. The kids commandeered my I mean, TV. We're, we're Josh. We're from Ohio. Yeah. Like 
we see alligators in the south on vacation, and that's from a distance because people from <laughs> Ohio are scared of alligators. I'm not sure if you're if you're uh, if you're aware of that. So, oh, it's just listen. We call them uh, we call them water dogs. They're just water their yard dogs. dogs. I mean, yeah, they're you know we uh, we have so many here in Louisiana that you know if you go out your backyard, if it rains enough, you go out your backyard, you probably have one floating around in the back door. You know what? But I <laughs> guess I didn't realize they sound like. Yeah, what do they? What kind of noise do they make? So what I was doing was a, um, I was doing a baby alligator and a baby alligator goes like, oh, 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 Paul, you can do that too. You can do that. Just put that turkey call back in your mouth. Yeah, it sounds just like that. You think there's a YouTube channel for that? Me just choking on different mouth calls. Like, oh, you know here, here's I, the new, here's the new Woodhaven mouth call. Let's try it out. <laughs> but you know what? Here, here's the funny thing about that. Like, we're joking about that, but there's people that will actually sit there and watch that and give you so many views about that, and you actually make money on YouTube <laughs> stuff like that. You know, I, gonna, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad idea. We're we're just we're we're gonna try it. The three of us, we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna do a YouTube channel about me gagging on mouth calls and crying for twenty minutes straight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, you do I, it. we can monetize off this. I, I think it's a great business plan. Oh, like, God. I mean, for, for my expense, like I'm not getting hurt except for the tears that I'm going to cry in my ass. That's <laughs> a great business plan. Oh God. So, all right. So, so you're, you're, you're calling alligators. You're, you're living, you're living the dream, man. Like, um, so what, you know, I, I, I listened to a show, this is probably some years ago, man. And, uh, I, I just remember like, you had a real tough time, uh, like with the outdoor industry with, with, was it, was it the way that you were treated? Was it the way that you were perceived? Was it just stress? What was it, man? Like what, what kind of happened? I, you know, I had, I had a very similar, uh, experience in my professional career. I, I, I worked really hard to get to, to a high level in my, in my field and the way that, you know, like, like the, the way that people were, the way that the industry was, I, it really soured me on just this industry entirely, you know? And it took me years of just like, honestly, man, of just like hatred yeah. towards, towards the people that are in this industry and, and the way that they treated me that I just walked away from it for my mental yeah. health. Like I, I, like it was like, just like a super low point for me, man. Like, and did, was it like, it was kind of similar for you in that regard, wasn't it? Man, it, it was a little worse for me to be honest with you. So, um, here, here's where I, where I failed, where I failed in the beginning of my industry, my career. Um, I got into it and I was like the, uh, like the quote unquote golden child. Cause like, I mean, people are like, man, you're, you're like Jim Shockey seven days. Like, dude, you're, you're a triple threat. Like, honestly, like you have the personality, you know, you can make calls, you know, people in this industry are not doing that. You know, you have the personality for it. And then, you know, honestly, he's like, no offense, but like, there's not many like black people in this industry. Like you're a triple threat in this industry. And, you know, for me, as I went through the industry, I didn't have the business mindset to actually develop a game plan. I was still like the, the happy go lucky, like, Oh my God, like I'm doing something cool. I get a free hunt here and there. You know, I was, I didn't have a business mindset. So when it came to being in the industry, um, I, I got taken advantage of. I was just, I was a puppet for people. Um, you know, companies would just you know, run over me, you know, we'll give you product and you work for us for a year on a contract. I mean, we get nothing else out of that. So, you know, I was, 
I was burning the road. I mean, I was on the road 250, 300 days a year, like when I first got started in the, in the industry. And, you know, I just got burnt out, you know, after, you know, doing that for so long and, you know, companies like, oh, well, you know, we're going to pay you next year. You know, we're going to have a, we got a budget set for you, you know, and then when it comes time to pay, like, oh, well, you know, we decided to change your mind. So I got to a uh, ATA show in 2000, I want to say 18, 18 or 19. And um, I went there to go sign my contracts, do my deals. And <laughs> man, upon getting there, I, I just was having a bad time, you know. Um, I get there and just, uh, it just, the, the energy was off. I mean, it was just everything like that could happen at the show could go wrong. And, you know, I ended up losing like, I ended up losing like 50,000 in contracts, like at the mm-hmm. show. There's just people like, you know, not wanting to pay their, their sponsorship, not wanting to do their, what they promised on, things like that. And <laughs> for me, like that, that was stressful. You I mean, out of, out of everything that I've been through already, you know, on the road doing X, Y, and Z's, you know, working for, you know, work for free just to get the name, I'd get exposure. Because back then, like I said, I was working for exposure. Like that was my model. Like the more people knew me, like I figured I could get somewhere and get paid for it, you know. And that was not that was not the cause. So I was just I was just being used. And um, you know, right after that show, I flew back home and uh I went to the gym and you know came back home and just stressed out, man. Just completely stressed out, stressed myself to having a heart attack. And then um as I was, you know, in that state, I was in the hospital and, you know, out of all of all of the companies that I worked for, only one company checked up on me and like made sure I was fine. And, you know, that was real true, real true. You know, they made sure I was good. They sent, you know, gifts, whatever like that. And uh, they, they took care of me. Like, and everybody else, like, you know what? Uh, this is what I work for. This is what I get rewarded with at the end of the day. I, I just don't need it. So, you know, I, I stepped away from the industry and, you know, <laughs> as many times as I say that I quit the industry, and like it's a, it's a joke between me and our friends now. Um, Cause like I'll, I'll tell them every year, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm done with the outdoor industry. I'm done. I quit. I'm done. And they're like, you know what? Give it three months. You'll, you'll be right back in the game. But I just, it's just one of those things that I can't quit. You know, it's one of those things that I love so much. It's not the fact that I love the, I don't love the, the cutthroat and the um, the people that want to one-up you in the industry. I love the fact that your your everyday average, you know, your mom and pop, you know, your, your, your upcomers, you know, those people that are, you know, interested in outdoors. I love the fact that I can provide a service for them. It's not the fact that I provide a service for those companies. You know, it, it's great that I do. But in a sense, it it makes it brings more reward to me, knowing that someone can see my stuff or hear my message. Like you know what, I was having a rough time on the hot. I didn't know what to do, and I remember you saying something or doing something that made me push forward and made me successful in the field. Or I was having a bad day in life, and I heard you know you say something, you conquered something, and you know it put me in a mindset to do something better for myself. Like I get more of a reward out of that. And that all that all came from, you know, being in the outdoor industry. Like, I mean, being in that space, it humbled me. Now, I'm not saying that everybody in the outdoor industry is bad. You know, any industry, you have your you have your people that are just, you know, out for what they're out for. They have their agendas. And I just happened to luckily run into a lot of those people right off the bat. But 
I've met some great, great individuals in the outdoor industry. I mean, people that I would consider family. You know, they literally would do anything for me and I would do anything for them. And it's just such a great relationship. You know, that that changes that changes my mindset of the outdoor industry. It's not, you know, that I had that bad experience. Like I feel like everybody's that way because it's not. You know, I have really met some great people that would give me the shirt off their back and I'll do the same thing for them in the industry. And I think knowing that keeps me coming back to the industry. You know, I, I keep myself around those people and around those individuals because they have good intents. They have good mindsets, good um, messages to bring out to the, um, to the outdoor community. And I want to be in that realm of people that I want to be in that phase of people that are making a difference in the outdoor community. I think it's, yeah, I think, I think that, you know, the hunting industry, the out, the outdoor industry, I mean, obviously we're, we're tied to something that, that it, it's, it's not just, you know, I, I, one of the jobs that I just left last year, I, I sold mulch and soil to garden centers, you know, and that was just a transaction. It was dirt. I was selling dirt so that other people could sell dirt, you know, and, you know, like hunting, it's such a, it's such like an emotional attachment for people, man. I mean, it, 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 it just, it could be, you know, just, just things that make you happy and all the, you know, the reasons that people hunt are so varied. And, and it's, I think it's funny, man, that, we get wrapped up. And like you said, there's people lose perspective. And I think someone like you has nailed the, like the, the ability, like you have the ability to, to have perspective on life and yeah. you know, people get sucked up into it. Well, it's just, Oh, well, I want to sell, I want to sell shotgun shells or I want to sell binoculars and, and mm-hmm. whatever it is, we're going to do it. And we're and, and to hell with what the end result is, you know, the end mm-hmm. result is, you know, what, what, what hunting is about, you know? And so I think it's, I think people lose that perspective very fast in this industry we in months and i we haven't been in it long we're just uh, quite frankly we're still just observers on the outside you know mm-hmm. but i think you, and, and you see it man like you see you see through it like that's what you, know, you can see through someone's bullshit you know online yeah. you can see through you know you can see when people are inauthentic you can talk to people that it's just like and we've met them i've met them like you're why are you here like why are yeah. you here you, you, yeah. you shouldn't be here. <laughs> you know, like you're not, you're not like, you're not a hunter. Like you just discovered hunting like 12 minutes ago, you know? And like, you just, you know, you're, you're pretty. So you get, you, you come in or you're, you know, people lose perspective of that. And uh, I think it's easy to do. So, I mean, like, like, just just talk about perspective, man. I mean, you, like, and I don't know if our listeners picked up on this. You're in a wheelchair and yeah. that accident yeah. resulted in you not being able to use your legs. Like, Dude, for me, like I, I don't know how I would handle that. And something clicked for you, man. Like, and and good for you. But you get a great personality. You get a great outlook on life. You get that perspective, and I think that's important. What, like, and you talk about like that's what you want to see. That's what you like to give back to this world, man. Is 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 to help make people be happy. So, what, like, what are you doing now for 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 that? Do you, you speaking engagements with kids? Like, what's what what do you do now? Yeah, so, like, honestly, like, the way that I made it through the outdoor industry, it wasn't because of sponsorship deals. I mean, it wasn't because of, you know, there was companies that were, you know, lining my pockets with dollar bills. I mean, I made it through the outdoor industry by doing speaking engagements, like, by going to schools and churches and wild game suppers and, you know, doing um, seminars, hunting seminars and calling seminars and doing safety meetings at companies and things like that. That's how I made my living on industry. Like, 
for the longest time, that is how I made my bread and butter. Um, and, you know, that was, that was what, what made me whole, you know, it was what, like what kept me in a, in a good place in life. Like it wasn't about being the biggest white tail hunter. Cause I mean, personally, that's not, that's not my mission. You know, a lot of people go out to be the next, you know, Lee and Tiffany or Michael Waddell, things like that. That's not my mission. Um, my mission in life is to make sure that, you know, people understand that no matter what happens in life, there's always a good way to view it and a bad way to view it. It's up to you to figure out which site you're going to, you're going to pick to view it. And for me, like, that's why I have that, you know, that attitude that, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want to do and have that mindset that if it's placed in front of me, I can figure out how to fix it. Um, And, you know, I just want people to understand that that's, that's a part of life. You know, it's either we quit and fail or we live and learn. And I'm all about continuing life and accepting every lesson that comes involved with it. Like I said, with the hunting industry, like that whole like bad era that I had, I didn't quit. Well, I, I say I didn't quit. Like I, I took a break from it, but I still went back to it. Like I learned my lesson and I went back from, you know, that bad situation to turn it into something better. Um, and, and anything in life that you go through, you know, like I said, you have the good and the bad. You have to see the, the negative and the positive, but it's up to you to decide which way you're going to view life. Do you want to live in a negative space? Do you want to live in a positive manner? And be happy in life because I feel like people that just dwell on the past and dwell on things that are so negative in life, they just they don't they don't understand that there's much better for them because they're so, you know, down. They're so down on themselves when it comes to, you know, what's going on, what's actually, you know, circling their lives, you know. When it comes to life in general i think we can all grow from you know the the, the darkest storms because you know biggest quote that i've seen is you know after every storm comes light and rainbow and i think a lot of people just aren't willing to see that and when they understand that there is more to that then i think that they'll have a better perspective on viewing you know work situation living situation or you know what your dream is in life and how to pursue that better oh, that's that's good, man. That's, that's, um, I think a lot of people need to take a deep breath and, and do just that. So this has been, this has been a good interview, man. I I've enjoyed this chat. So what there, I, there are two, two things that I want to talk about first. What's next for you, man? What, what do you have right now that you're doing? I know you got the pursuit channel TV show. What, what's that going to be about? Let's dive into that real quick, man. <laughs> I am still figuring that out. <laughs> that's the funny part. Um, as of right now, I have I have turkey season lined up. I start, I get back to Tennessee um, first of April. I'll hunt all of April um, in Tennessee. I have some really good friends of mine that are coming hunt with me and um, a few country music stars and celebrities that are coming hunt with me too. So I get to guide some really cool people this year. And then um, after that, I'm going to head down to, um, down to Florida and do some really cool hunting. I think I, I'm going to go uh, iguana hunting for the first time. That's something oh, that nice. – uh, become really popular over the last couple of years yeah. so uh, i've watched those videos on youtube man it looks crazy it yeah looks no, a lot of fun yeah no it, it'll be a great time um and they're an invasive species so like you can go there and you know hunt them all day if you want to yeah um, then along with that i'm gonna do like <laughs> i'm gonna do like for my show idea is i tell people like this like like what is your show based on i was like if you had steve Irwin 
Kevin Hart and Ted Nugent all combined in one personality, one show, that's what this show is going to be. There you go. I mean, I, I want people to actually see that, you know, even though I am in a chair, I am in a situation that I am, like life continues. Um, I mean, we're doing, we're doing it at like in an episode, like we're going to do a part of the episode where it's, it's, it's hunting, but it's lifestyle. So we're going to do a part of the episode where, you know, I just go skydiving out of a plane, like just completely, however many feet up in the air, just completely just out of the plane. I go, I mean, it's just things that a guy in a chair should not do. Like I want people, <laughs> this dude is either having fun in life or he's crazy as hell. Like I want people to figure out which one it is. <laughs> no, that'd, that'd be cool. That's something I would never do. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, it's, so. Listen, you you only live once. You gotta have fun with it. You do. That's a that's a good that's a that's a good point. So let's let's end this. Let's have let's have some calling fun, if you will. So let's, let's do. Hey, Paul. So it was Paul. Yeah. Should we should we play a game? And it could be the game could be uh, Josh, Andrew, or Paul. Okay, so one of us will make a noise, and uh, then the the listeners can decide who it is. Okay, so go ahead and get your mouth call let's... back out, Paul. Oh God. Oh, y'all are cheating. Oh, yeah, we are cheating. Yeah, cheating. <laughs> Deal with it, Josh. <laughs> well, I, I knew Paul's not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is this is it. This is the moment. This is, no. we're in March Madness. This is my one shining moment. I'm going to. That's pretty good. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> to edit that out. Oh my god, I can't do this thing. <laughs> oh god, here come the tears. No, they're already rolling on my end. Oh my god, Dude, that made my head hurt. Like <laughs> that's contestant number two. Man, y'all, y'all about to make me have a little fun. Crack one out. All right, here you go. Let me get ready. I'm, I'm gonna have a little fun. Too. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw in one of these. Man, I'm gonna even a play it for a little bit. Go ahead, Paul. Let's hear what you got. In case you guys didn't know, I was the second person that went. <laughs> <laughs> well, let Josh get, get, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was the worst one. Oh, oh it's dead air! I can't breathe, man. Oh, I can't breathe. I think I, I think it busted a bit. Look, look at look at my head. Look at how red my bald head is. Hey, Paul, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Does that call taste like latex? Uh, right. I'm gonna be completely honest. Right now, all I taste is vodka and uh, and juice. So, if I'm being, <laughs> if I'm being honest. did you soak your call in vodka? <laughs> no, no, I've had. That's all I've been drinking. So oh, I didn't know that kind uh, of I could have spiked to drink myself. No. Let's see. I'll I'll throw in I'll throw in a little diaphragm. You guys are gonna Let's play do it. Let me wipe the tears off my eyes. Let's see. He's getting ready. Diaphragm's in. Back up a little bit. I need to sit in my truck. So let me 
Sorry about that. Open the doors. Let the sound out a little bit. Yeah, the damn Zoom butt fuzzed out. <laughs> All right, let's see if we can do this one. I think we're good. I hate this Zoom months. We're going to Nashville to record live. Yeah, yeah it's cut. It's cut. Yeah, it's cutting out. So all right, hold on. Let's see. I got let's see. Give me one second. I gotta change it. It switched over to my truck for that one. Let's see. Oh, did it? All right, is that better? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's right. better. Yeah, we can hear you now. There we go. Here we go. Excited for this month. Oh man, you hear that? All right, Paul, your turn. I don't. I don't think I could. I. I, I literally. There's no way that I can do that. And you know what's funny? This is like I think this is one of the kid ones, like the junior mouth calls. <laughs> I've even tried. I've I've tried cutting them down. Like I've tried been. I've tried everything. So, so true story, what, Josh. As I drive, I my job is in sales. I drive around a lot, and I'll I'll just call Paul randomly, and it'll be like you know eleven thirty in the morning, and he just picks up the phone. Hey, what's up, man? And I just start. <laughs> you're, you're getting better. It's still not there, but you're getting better. And then a week later, I'll do it again. And uh, so it's it's uh, it's always fun between the two of us there. But Paul, uh, can you can you can you call with your can you call with your voice? I I don't I don't think so. I mean, I've 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 never tried. I've never even thought about about doing that. I mean, I'd be I'd be willing to give it a try. Yeah, you can't say so, you can't say I don't think so if you never tried it. I mean, it's yeah, like never tried it. So. That's like that's like me saying I don't I don't think I could walk because I never tried. I've tried. I failed. <laughs> I know that I can't walk. <laughs> enough. I will say I have tried to. I have I have tried to gobble. There's a, I don't know. There's a there's a turkey hunter Ray I. Have you ever heard of him? He's uh, oh yeah he, oh yeah. He's from Missouri. He's a hell of a turkey caller. Whenever he tells stories about turkey hunting, he's like, yeah, the turkey came around. He came over the ridge and he gobbled. And he'll, he'll like he'll he'll do a gobble in the middle of the story. And I laugh every time he does it. Cause it's so, it's so funny. So I've, I've tried to like, to learn how to gobble to tell Turkey hunting stories. Cause I like a Turkey hunting story is way more entertaining. If you can well, yelp let, and cut and gobble with your mouth, like that's just, that's just awesome. So well, let's, let's, let's hear your gobble. I just did it. That was it. That was the best. That was, that was the that was best it. that that was the best that I could, that I could do. I can use this. That's about all I can do. Man, I'm not gonna lie. That, that, sounds, that sounds like one of those rubber chickens. You, you know, the yellow ones that you squeeze. I, it totally does. Yeah, it totally does. <laughs> it kind of looks like, yeah, a, like it kind of looks like a shake weight too, as you're sitting there. Like going, sh- like shake yeah, weight. it does. It's what you know. Hey, it's funny, I, tell, like, I, I tell you what. Listen, go on um on YouTube. It, yeah. it, it's a, it's a funny story that reminded me of that. Go on YouTube. There's a lady that was doing an interview for like a, a live TV show, and she had one of those turkey calls. And a guy was trying to sell her on that call. I think he was like, I think he might have been an inventor of it. And yeah. just look, just look it up. Uh, I think it's like lady tries to use uh, gobble call or gobble gobble okay. tube. And it is the funniest interview ever. She, oh, it's you just gotta watch it. 
I'll have to check that. I'll have to check that out. So what, uh, so let's, let's end it. Let's end it on, let's sit on a good, a good call. Let's do, I, I'm trying to think of something really like, like difficult just to, in this, in this call off with Carney. I'm trying to think of something. Cause you like, you're so good. Like, let's just do the feeder chuckle of a Mallard. Oh man. Okay. That's you be easy, right? You first. You said, you, I thought it was going like, it's all three of us. Dude, I, I am like a talentless hack when it comes. To, I can do it on, on a duck call. Like, let, let me run upstairs and get my RMT call. And I can no. do it. Yeah. <laughs> it don't work like that. <laughs> Here we go. It's a, that, was it. that was all I could do. Here's a here's a mallard mallard for you. That's so good. Uh, white white flag, you win. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> oh come on now! I don't know enough oh, about duck hunting. There we go. There we go. That's it. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty solid. All right, so listen. Before we go, like I, I really yeah. want to learn how to do a goose call. Like, can you, like, we're going to go through the syllables. Capital okay. B, A, 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 R, B, R, R, A, 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 R, R, R. Real high K. So, bar. There you go. And high pitch K just like bar. There you go. Now you got to practice this tomorrow. You know, you just got to speed it up a little bit. Bar. Bar. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a, a video of me doing this in front of my Damn wife. And like, Paul, when you need a place to sleep, you got a couch over here. So I'll just start practicing at your house and wreck your marriage too. We'll both end up living with Josh <laughs> in Nashville. <laughs> Party. <laughs> hey, Josh. So, so wait. So that, that, that's the second time you said that, Paul. So like, are you saying that I am not gonna be able to find a successful partner because I make animal sounds all the no, time? No, you're no, you're 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 down. Like, there's there's gonna be that girl that that she's gonna walk up and she's like, "Hey, man, I heard you can do the cow call of a moose." And you're like, "Yeah, girl, I can." You're gonna cow call for her, and she's gonna be like, "Marry me." And it's that's it, man. That's it's, it's quack to be, me, quack to me. Yep. yep, yeah, she's gonna be like quack like a duck, and okay. <laughs> Okay, listen. Um, I've actually had an experience like that. It yeah. really wasn't my cup of tea. Like it's, nah, it's not not my style. <laughs> <laughs> not your thing. <laughs> I uh, oh, funny story. So years ago, like when I first got started, and like I went I'd see years ago, um, this lady she uh she sent me a message. She's like, uh, I want to have your animal calling babies, and I was like, ma'am, I I really don't think. I don't think that's how it works. They don't come out making animal sounds. Like I don't reproduce like little calls. Like, that's not how it works, man. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, oh, I want to have your animal calling babies. Yeah, like, yeah, as long as, they, long as they yelp like a turkey. Hell of a I mean, like I feel, I feel like I feel like if, if that if my kid ever comes out sounding like an animal, like my legacy will always continue. Yeah, absolutely. Little Josh mm-hmm. Curry Jr. Out yeah. there, elk bugling in kindergarten. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Josh, where can uh, where can our listeners find you, man? What what are your social media accounts? Oh, I am on just about every platform. Um, it's Son of the South, S O N of the South. Um, on my Instagram is Son of the South TV. Um, but I'm just about on everything. You know, on Pursuit Channel, I'll air 
um, in July on the Pursuit Channel. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you type in guy in wheelchair, does animal sounds, I'm pretty sure I'll be the only one that pops up. <laughs> got that market cornered. Huh? <laughs> I mean, you can even type in Dr. Doolittle 2.0 and I'll pop up. <laughs> <laughs> do you like, do you sit in your, like your, your, your kitchen window and just like make bird noises and the birds are like, Oh shit, there's a bird inside. Let's go see what's going on. No, I do I, that constantly. Yeah. But listen, here's the deal. Like I live in an apartment complex in Nashville okay. and like uh, my neighbors aren't too fond of me. Like, First, they're not too fond of me bringing dead turkeys inside an apartment, first off. Uh, okay, I learned that the hard way. Um, second off, you know, they just don't want to, you know, listen to out bugles at, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Your neighbor's walking out, you're just goose honking at her. <laughs> yeah, but the funny thing is, like, I'll get I'll get people that call me. They just, like, randomly call me. Like, hey, listen, I'm with a buddy of mine. Like, can you do some calls? I'm like, man, it is 10 o'clock at night. I'm trying to go to bed. My neighbors will not appreciate that. Yeah. That's funny. That's good stuff, man. We really appreciate your time. Good luck with, uh, with the show and everything that you get involved in, man. And, uh, keep in touch, man. We like to like to have you on again sometime. Sounds good. Like I said, let's, uh, let's get that podcast in Nashville going. You guys come down and, uh, I tell you what, I'll have a, I'll have a studio set up for you guys. We'll have a good time. Let's do it, man. I'm in Paul Campbell gagging on mouth calls <laughs> to the moon, baby. <laughs> to the moon. Uh, Hopefully you'll uh, be better. <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks, Josh. Take care. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs>